on today's episode of the glue guys god brian mm, mm, it's rough out there mike we're gonna talk game three and then game four what to come up game to game four game, game let's four. get right into the show game four Guys, this is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at pkgluguysnetsdaily.com, The Athletic. Get yourself. Just get just get behind that paywall. That paywall. Just just flipper yourself over that wall. Flip, the oh, Athletic. Like, a, like the dolphin. You know, yeah. Oh. Yeah. What were you thinking? Died. When I say flipper, what comes to your head? <laughs> I think of um, pinball. The flippers is what, I, but that was it didn't. Oh well, didn't that match could up. also work too. If yeah. if if uh, a pinball machine also had a paywall, then yeah. you would. They do oftentimes. Twenty five cents. <laughs> they do. They are the original paywall <laughs> yeah. content. Um, arcade machines. Uh, get yourself behind the paywall. Theathletic.com slash glue guys. A subsidiary of the New York Times. Oh, big yard. Brian. Mike was up late. Watching those 76ers troll around for fouls all night and cause mayhem. It's a big 420 game, Mike. Everyone was high. We were all, everyone was, I felt high during it. Everyone was just crazy. It was a crazy game. Everyone had had some, some, uh, CBD and THC in their smoothies, their pregame smoothies. Um, how do we even thrust deeply into the night, my friend? How do we go? over that wall and even talk about this game. Um, I was gut punched. I was absolutely gut punched by the end of that game. Um, you know, we all know the stakes. You're up, you're down 2-0, your first home game. Uh, Harden is tossed mm-hmm. for, a, like, I will, as, as, as much as I love to see it, it was completely odd that that was the thing that got him tossed. Did yeah. you... Did you think he deserved to be launched out of the building the way that he was? I mean, I disavow James Harden. I just want to make sure everyone knows that I disavow James Harden. Everyone before, knows you love James before Harden. Before we start, <laughs> let me begin with a disavow. I'm a Wizards fan, and you love James Harden. Yeah. Um, this is this is. I mean, officiating has gotten weird. It's been weird. It's gotten. It seems like it's getting weirder. Um, I don't. I don't know how that could be after after all this time. But um, that seemed to me to be like a makeup call for the Embiid not getting ejected for the game, which was a much more obviously inappropriate foul. Um, a, 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 a starting, the only difference between that and the Draymond thing was that Draymond was on top of Sabonis. Yeah. So Sabonis was, I guess, viewed in that way. And he was as a defenseless humanoid yeah. where Claxton was completely just, mauled in his manhood can i also say this and this is um this is how dumb this conversation is but uh claxton goofed up in that he immediately trollishly started clapping like a maniac (laughs) and that's if he had writhed around on the ground like sabonis did who definitely wasn't as hurt as he was letting on um or maybe he was i don't know who knows but 
um that's the that's the whole idea right i don't actually know i can't say for <laughs> for sure whereas for nick claxton like he went and then to, he like high five the bench <laughs> yeah and he waved his arms in front of the crowd <laughs> yeah. as if he won the championship you, you're he really needed to watch some european soccer yeah. or football for our friends over across the pond uh because the way the, to yeah you the have poker to sell face, that the poker face wasn't great on that one that was you have to sell that you like sell that. like yeah. you know i just listened to the rewatchables alien episode on the ringer podcast network and you have to ask, act like an animorph for whatever popped out of your chest yeah. you have to be selling that you know he sold it for the very beginning right he yeah. he's by he, falling he down and, yeah. and then he was like what a great acting performance right. he, I, it, it's like a child <laughs> actor who nails the one yeah. line yeah. and then completely ruins the yeah. character and just starts like talking to everyone around him like no. Did you I want to I want to think it's me I'm him I want to be worried you know, that you're, you're I am him your nuts got kicked off into the front row you know that's my that's I want to I want to be concerned you know what no, I, I want actually. the nets need to they need to load themselves up with squids like you know actors do when they get shot in movies where blood gushes out of them yeah. they need or like a you know how wrestlers will take a little razor blade? They call it gigging, Mike. It's gigging. Called, yeah, they the need gig. to start gigging themselves during the game. <laughs> yeah. and, and just suddenly, because like, okay, this game, I mean, we're going to talk. We, we rarely kind of like really like dig in to the meat of a game. We, we rarely get out the hibachi grill, chop things up and talk about the actual meat of the game. We talk larger themes. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's also because like, you know, I'm not that, I'm not that smart. But the, the, the Royce O'Neal flinging Joel Embiid to the ground. Yeah. When, with his body. How much, how much force do you think Royce O'Neal put on Joel Embiid? Like how, how little, you know, it's the amount of force that maybe I would have if some guy was like on the subway, kind of like leaning against me a little too much. I would just give him a little, a little nudge. Just be like, Hey, personal space here. Mm-hmm. And Embiid flies onto the floor. Seth part now of the athletic tweeted out that Royce O'Neal's the strongest man alive because yeah. that the whole game it was 20 game I mean I forget who said this quote but it was it's one of my favorites but it's like that Joel Embiid is like Jar Jar Banks where he just kind of f- falls like falls over <laughs> himself the entire game and somehow like defeats the drone army you know like at the end like it's just it is a embarrassing <laughs> calamity the entire way through and then it just ends in a W somehow um, but also just like to get back to the Claxon thing like look at the the net how that netted out. So Claxton gets fouled, right? It's not called a foul on the three point play that he has. So doesn't get the foul there. He steps over, gets kicked in the nuts. And then it's a flagrant one on, on, um, but also a technical on, so a flagrant one on Embiid technical on Nick Claxton for the, the step over, which is okay. Fine. Which then sure. results in, he, he does a, a mean mug. We'll call it a mean mugging, which is one of the lightest forms so of, of taunting. Meanwhile, I mean, I, I hate to bring this up. I hate to bring this up, but Joel Embiid has done Degeneration X um, suck it yes. taunts yes. towards <laughs> towards the Nets over the course of this year, <laughs> like the with with nothing, not even no 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 delay of game warning even, um, and so and so Nick Claxton gets ejected from this game over a. Do we want to have an NBA where there's no mean mugging, where you're not allowed to even mean mug the guy? I don't I don't want to live in that world. That's not fun. And I will. I love Nick Claxton, and this was his game. Like, and that's what the shame of this is. 
you know, people be like, oh, they traded James Harden for Nick Claxton in terms of like one guy gets sent off, the other guy sent off. Of course, you would rather have if you could say James Harden leaves the floor and Nick Claxton, if that's the trade, you would want it. But obviously, there were two separate basketball plays. Claxton has mean mugged quite a bit. He and, and that actually, I think that's been part of this. Um, the growth in his game is conf- all this confidence he's been building. He has obviously wasn't that good in the first two games. This was a fantastic performance by him. Eight for nine from the field. And those eight for nine, there were a lot of like those semi hooks, those baby hooks that, you know, if they're falling, then he's an effective player. Two for three from the free throw line. He's again, I am, you know, to go positives. He's he's looking better and stronger from the free throw line than, you know, if he gets to again, 65 percent shooter, which is what he's been over the past two months. That's a great thing for his career. But again, Claxton getting out of the game. Claxton was so crucial to this team. Yeah. It put Royce O'Neal back on the floor. And I've liked Royce, but he still cannot hit anything. And he shoots two for seven from the field. The team completely without Claxton has no presence inside the middle of the floor mm-hmm. at all. No ability to get an easy bucket. And it that call ruined the they, they destroyed the game I, and if i was a sixers fan i'd be pissed about james harden being thrown out of the game but if i'm going to be a nets fan i'm pissed about claxton being thrown out of the game because he mean mugged and that mb didn't get thrown out of the game yeah. for for launching his foot into the testicles yeah. of a young nick claxton nick claxton may not have kids yeah he may it's, never have the claxton line may be may be gone no he's fine and record. i know that he's fine because he didn't writhe around on the ground had he been writhing <laughs> i would have i would have been a little bit more worried about that but now i know he's not because he just clapped like a like a toy um like one of those clapping toys with the symbols you know those things oh yeah 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 um the, the whole thing, the whole subject, though, or like we get we're getting bogged down in refereeing stuff. But it was like this whole series has been sort of just a meta, of a game, meta conversation friend. between the Sixers just looking right past the nets and talking directly to the referees the entire time. It's just that's that's how they play. So, you know, what are we supposed to do but talk about it? But like the thing with like the mean mugging, not to get too too um, distracted by this, but like if we're at a place now where we're making subjective analysis of nonverbal like taunting cues and i don't I, I worry about even putting this into the ether because i don't think any of this should be a technical uh, but like is the mikhail bridges gun fingers like more or less sort of like trollish and taunty oh and- jesus brian <laughs> no i'm just, I'm just i don't want to like i'm assuming the refs don't listen to this podcast and <laughs> this isn't going to pick up steam but like um like we're just it, it's it should be all okay or none of it okay if we're doing nonverbal taunts i mean like i, I get i get that like even verbal taunts i mean it's just like listen, listen it, was a spicy it was a spicy mean mug it was a spicy mean mug no, but like, i am a fan yeah. of spicy mean mugs as far as mean mugs go that was not that spicy he was not like even like up in his shirt or anything he was there's a whole player what was it on the kelvin scale what, what what kind of pepper is that an Anaheim chili in your in your mind? Is that a dude? That was like a, that was like a, not even a jalapeno, like a bell pepper. I mean, as if I mean, <laughs> bell pepper, get out of here. I mean, You're how much biased. how much more how much lighter of a mean mug can you get? It's just like is it the duration of the mean mug that's that's the issue? Is it, that was there was an extended climax to that mean mug. There, the climax <laughs> of that mean mug extended past the the appropriate standards. I don't think it's worthy right. of it's, a text. It's, and it's, it's crushed red pepper. It's a pinch of crushed crushed red. Okay, CRP. Hey, yeah. I, I'm ready for it. Um, the the problem with it overall is that there's the the art of refereeing. Right, is understanding the moment, 
it's consistency and understanding the moment. In that moment, that ref should have realized, okay, this is a playoff game. Claxton already has one technical. He is mean mugging to the guy who kicked him in the nuts. And we made this makeup call about Harden. And now they're makeup calling the Harden call against Claxton, the original victim it is, here. It is a, a the, house but, of cards of makeup calls is what this is. They should have realized in the moment that if we give this guy another tech, he's going to be taught. Like we, he has to go. And that ruins the game. That, that ruins the game for the Nets. Again, if I'm a Sixers fan, I'd be like, this is so insane that James Harden got thrown out of the game for, again, an, what is with the Philadelphia 76ers for attacking the testicles of the Nets? I do not know what what the Nets team deserve to have their manhood subjected to the beatings. Yeah. What do they what do they watch um what's that what's that Guantanamo Bay movie directed by Catherine Bigelow, Zero Dark Thirty? Did they watch Zero Dark Thirty before that game and decide we're gonna electroshock some testicles here? Yeah. What the hell is is wrong with those guys yeah, down sick. there on the Broad Street bullies? They're sick puppies. Um, but it was, it was such a bad, listen, like the attacking referees, it's one of these things that, that we as laymen can do because there's only so many things that we ultimately understand about what's happening on the floor, right? I'm not six eleven and super athletic though. In my mind, I am when I, you know, I'm at the, at the JCC mm-hmm. popping shots, um, really working on, you know, backboard, you know, like really getting the ball off the backboard. I think that's the new innovation okay. I'm working on in my game. I want to play one on none, the Yijian Leon style. Okay. But I really that that ruined the game for the Nets, and they still should have won. They still blew it at the end. I mean, we can go through the catalog of errors at the end. I, I think I need to admit to the audience that I'm a little bit beholden to the fact that Spencer Dinwiddie has been our show twice, and I like the guy. That it makes me not want to destroy. Right, does not destroy. Whoa! (laughs) Well, no, people on Twitter are very, very, you know, very, very upset with Spencer. How is Spencer? Your, I, I don't totally understand that. That's the 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 point of attack here. Like, um, I think, I mean, I don't know what the expectation. Well, because he had a couple of shots at the end of the game, like those ill-advised Spencer, the one when he was trying to do the quick two, um, like the second to last possession for the Nets, where it got blocked. Yeah, where it just gets blocked. I, that's a totally reasonable like uh, that's Joel Embiid blocked you like yeah by an a fraction Joel of an inch. Play. <laughs> yeah. I know, but but, but well, who you, you want to see like in the moment you want to see a Royce O'Neal three again? Is that what we wanted to see? <laughs> Set up a, a, a the ninth Let, Royce O'Neal. Let's do this quick break. Come back. We'll talk more about this game three, and then of course uh, how the Nets can win the series from down three games to none. Right, let's get back. And we're back, Brian. Good to be back. Um, you brought up Royce O'Neal and. The difference in this series, there's obviously there's a talent gap between the top of the Sixers and the top of the Nets. Though I will say Embiid has not like, you know, I, I thought it was going to be pure and utter devastation from Joel Embiid. And I mean, he was not very good in this game, except for that block at the end of the game. The difference is Royce O'Neal shooting horrifically. Joe Harris is... You know, you had mentioned this, I think, in our playoff preview. This is a great time for Joe Harris. The pressure's off because we know that the Nets aren't going to win the championship or we have no championship aspirations. And that he will just be able to flow and hit threes. Pressure's off. Mm -hmm. 
that, there is. that became pressure for him. He was like, maybe I shouldn't have said that. There was even that. Oh, he was like, God. well, I've got a no pressure situation. My God, there's so much pressure in that no pressure situation. That's. Do, do you know what my advanced analytics say about Joe Harris? <laughs> yeah, please. He is plus 17 in the series. Yeah. And he's hit one shot. And he, he's really only hit one shot in three games. Uh, I sent his his uh, his game log to one of our listeners. He said he's he's one. He's only taken three point shots in this series. He's one for eight. And then the first game was when he hit the the three pointer in the game when it was the least consequential. Um, you know and. And like we'll obviously we'll talk about things that need to change and all that stuff, but like this, <laughs> it's like Joe Harris can't be on this team next year. Mm. He can't. Mm. I I don't think emotionally Nets fans can see him if because I do think this team will be competitive next year. I think that they have a chance to be a playoff team, particularly if this team grows together, which is what I would advocate for. Uh, you got to get like Joe is. How can he not be effective at all? They need Joe Harris. <laughs> Because he's not, he played four minutes and he shot three three times and he missed it all three times, you know. And I'm not even blaming the game on him, but like the guy that they need on this team, like Royce is trying, but Royce is not as good of a shooter as Joe Harris. They need a guy who can actually shoot threes who has some size. They don't want to put Seth Curry out there because he's going to get abused defensively. Mm. Um, it's, it's it's shocking. It's, it's I can't believe it hasn't been Yuta time. You know, Yuta Yuta was in tears at the end of that game, and <laughs> and I felt for him. It should have been Yuta time. The difference is Dorian Finney-Smith again. You know, he's he wasn't he had he had nine rebounds. Thank goodness, but he had he only hit one shot from the floor. Royce couldn't hit. Jay uh, Joe Harris couldn't hit. We did get Cam Thomas, which which was what we should talk about. Um, but inefficient shooting from Mikael Bridges because he's yeah. forced in those circumstances. And Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie had it. He was five for ten for most of the game, and then he took like two shots at the end of the game that didn't go in. And that was ends up, of course, the difference. So people um, like walk me through this. So people on Twitter are like Dinwiddie for me is sort of uh, <clears throat> like it's it's um okay it's it's expectation it's results versus um the expectations. Like I I liked what he was doing. Did it result in like all of the points no not necessarily but like he's the only person who's getting like real dribble penetration on this team he's like super necessary um they happen to have a very good rim protector um on their team so it's a tricky spot but like i don't i don't totally understand the criticisms of spencer dinwiddie just that he didn't that it was that one glaring moment at the end of the game but that's a good decision it didn't work out but like it's a good decision i i think you would argue that it wasn't the best decision because he he disreg- he isoed he isoed himself he, I, how, he disregarded the rest of the how, I, 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 I know I, I know you're giving I'm arguing against Twitter I know I, you're Twitter right now I, I'm not this isn't for you but I'm saying like how yeah. can you say that in a world in which Royce O'Neal inbounds the ball to the opposite basket with nobody around like like the idea that we're just like yeah if we had just worked the ball around more and like gotten a shot for you know role player X like that would have been a better look like I just that seems. It seems like we have a pretty good reason to believe that that's not always going to be the case with this team. Yeah, I th- I mean, there's almost like this is what's hard about the analysis of this series is that it, we we can like go in on Jock Vaughn for <coughs> some of the strategy, particularly offensively, right? 
But I, and he's, he has literally said this himself, which is why I love Jock Vaughn because he at least is being honest. You know, he's just not just like outwardly lying and being obstinate is that this team only has one guy on the floor who could penetrate, which is Spencer. And so, you know, Spencer's never been an efficient shooter ever. <laughs> you know, he's just, ne- he, he is an efficient, for the most part, ball handler. He, he usually is not giving up the ball a, a ton in turnovers and he does, he is able to distribute and get his, he is the assistant turnover God, but he has not really been an efficient shooter. He's the only guy on this team that can really get around the basket. Bridges is expanding his game in that way, but he's also in his career has never been that. Cam Johnson, who I've been very impressed with and is very much in my uh, idea of like, he needs to stay almost no matter what. Um, obviously besides like a max contract, uh, he is still, you know, a wing shooter that it's, that's who he is. So like this team is hamstrung. The weakness of the 76ers is they have a bad defensive backcourt and it's, sh- again, it should be the Spencer Dinwiddie series and Spencer's playing fairly well, but they don't, the Nets don't have anything else. They, they had cam Thomas and yeah. maybe this is the time to talk about cam cam was in there for 11 <laughs> minutes, three for six. He, one of those shots, to be fair to Cam, was the cl- the shot clock was ticking down, and he had to take a fadeaway corner three over Embiid's outstretched arms. And my God, if he had hit that, I'd been like, okay, well, well maybe he should play more. Um, but he, he was a somewhat effective. Is there anything there for you? I think well, we're both just sort of biased against him, but we're incredibly biased. But I was also thinking, like, yeah, they have a bad defensive backcourt, but they've got a really good defensive frontcourt. The Seventy Sixers, and um, and also they have impunity. They're they're you know Joe Embiid's a made man for some reason. He doesn't get any fouls uh, or not enough to get him out of the game. So um, <laughs> <laughs> so he's. So he's a made man, um, and that makes it really hard to attack the rim to diversify that. But we've been talking about this; like we just don't have a diverse offense. We have role players shooting threes in huge volumes at a very low percentage, and that's without Spencer's driving. That's this. I mean, and to your point from previous episodes, like the there is no vertical game. We don't we don't have verticality to our offense, as they say in the business, and. Um, you know, having a, a more deft lob assist kind of guy uh, w- would be beneficial, but we don't, you know, we just don't have the personnel right now. Would we, would we benefit enormously from a starting point guard and having Spencer play big minutes coming off the bench in a microwave combo guard position? Yeah, that would be super good. We'd be a good team in that, in that world. If we had Luka Doncic, Doncic, um, you know, starting and, and, and Spencer <laughs> It'd be a little bit better. It'd be a little different. I <laughs> It'd think. be different. Um, but that's not the case. So we have to, we have to make two. And you know, it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't answer your question at all. What was your question? I don't even know what my question was. I mean, I, I guess it's like, there's like, like I had like part of what is again, keeping me sort of sane in this moment is that I, there's such a talent gap. There's such like a cohesion gap between the two teams that, you know, they, I don't think we give this team enough, the Nets, enough sort of, uh, it's not credit, it's the right word, but like uh, clearance or acceptance. The fact that all these guys were relatively thrown together, right? This is not a constructed team. This is a a team put together from various different parts. It's like when you have, my nephew's a big Lego guy, you know, Mm. you have the Lego parts, the Pirates to the Star Wars Legos, and then avengers legos and then you make one yeah. big ship right that doesn't that doesn't really 
there's no cohesion to it. That's obvious. Yeah. 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 It's not like a perfect Pinterest, you know, lake cabin. Right. You know, great, great cedar wood. You know what I'm saying? But I'm envisioning. Um, Have I been on Pinterest lake cabins? Sure. Maybe a little bit. Like Lego cabins or just regular cabins? Just like regular cabins. Just like I've been looking at a lot of like uh, German cabins lately online. German cabins? Like like country houses in Germany? Yeah. Yeah. How about fjords? You ever go to the fjords? Check those out. No. Those are nice cabins. Those are awesome cabins. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the fjords. Is that uh, Sweden? Yeah, Scandinavia somewhere. Yeah, I think Sweden. Yeah, one of those people. Yeah. You know, one of those white people. Anyways. um, Yeah, I... So like I, it, it's like how angry can we be? I guess you know with the anger I want to exhibit is towards the refs, which is boring. Uh, the anger I have is like the Nets did have an opportunity in Game Two to win, in Game Three to win. This game is so crucial. The reason why Game Three is so crucial is that there is a chance Joel does get suspended for Game Four because of what he did. I don't think it's a big one. The you know Brian Lewis with the Post had put out that the NBA is reviewing the incident with Joel, but that that is a standard procedure that if for every flagrant one, the NBA reviews the video and decides maybe if it needs to be upgraded like they did. I mean, like Draymond was a flagrant too, and he was thrown out of that game, but you know, there's so much more different from what happened with Draymond to Joel. But obviously if the Nets had won last night and then the, the, four percent chance that joel is going to get suspended for game four to give the nets even more of an opportunity to capitalize uh you know that they could changes the series completely um the the reasons why it didn't happen was because classy got thrown in the game for a spicy a semi-spicy uh mean mug uh you know a uh maybe a, a mexican hot chocolate level mm. of spice mean mug is that fair enough <clears throat> i don't think i've ever had a mexican hot chocolate what is what goes in there Oh, the distinction is that it has spice. What kind, what, uh, what kind it, of spice? It, How spicy is it? Um, the amount of spice is the amount of mean mugging okay. that, yeah. Nicola, that, that exact. It. Yeah. It's a perfect comparison. Trust <laughs> me. When you have one, you're going to be like, this is a Nick Clark's <laughs> mean mug. One? Okay. Oh, we should new business idea. Nice mean thing. mugs. Ooh. Spicy hot chocolate with faces of. NBA players mean mugging. How do we, we have to set up like a little pop-up stands or something? Or how do we, how do we keep it hot? That's the, yeah. How do we keep it hot? Um, no, there's various ways to we'll put chemicals on the bottom and you like crack it and like, like a, like one of those <laughs> heating pad things. Jesus. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's healthy. Um, anyway, so I don't like what, you know, what do you want to see different Brian? There's nothing to do, Mike. It's impotent rage. There's nothing we can do. <laughs> the, the, the odds are stacked. Deck is stacked. Everything's stacked against us. Um, it's we knew this going into that this would be. We just wanted the one win, just the one pity win for the storyline, so that we could just say like suck on that. And we didn't get swept. And, and this is the problem. Our desire for one win is is born out of pettiness. It's not born out of love for the team. And maybe that's maybe the love energy is what we got to fix. Mike it comes back to that. This is, the karmic universe is not going to provide for one win that's born out of that kind of pettiness. We got to change. We got to change our outlook. Okay. Uh, we have so much more like I'm afraid to get begin this conversation because we have a whole off season staring us in the face after potentially Saturday because the Nets don't play until tomorrow at 1 p.m. Pretty short turnaround for as spaced out as the play. Yeah. I think it's one on Saturday is when it is um, 422. Yeah. Um, but, you know, <laughs> this series is making me feel both that the Nets need to get Trey Young, but also that I want to... That's what it's making you feel? That's crazy. It's a crazy but feeling. But also, 
but more that I, I just want to keep the group together. I just want to keep this like fun, young, unencumbered group together one more well, year. Those, those two ideas seem like they might be in conflict I with know. each other. They are very much in conflict with each other. Okay. I, You've got so a lot I don't of know what to do feelings. with those feelings. <laughs> My God. It's, Yell it's them into the, your pillow is, I, you is know, what I, I do. <laughs> It's the it's there's a lot there's a lot of things that I need Brian uh, psychologically I'm a I'm a twisted web of wants and needs and they intersect and also conflict I, I I'm less conflicted about that because here's what I think here's my my silver lining I think you know Lord willing heaven heaven and God willing that um we have some kind of some kind of output from Ben Simmons next year plus Mikhail growing plus Nick Claxton growing makes a very cushy landing spot for a preeminent star player. Um, as long as everything's trending upwards or playing around 500 basketball, you know, it's culture vibes are there. We can, we can pitch those to star player X who will not be named. Who cares? Um, I think that's, that's the shortest path to getting back into into the spotlight where we belong. Like, can I say that? You know? Yeah. I think, I think the best thing for this organization, like you, you know, me saying I want Trey young is like from what I see visually on the team, right? Like they need, a creator, but I actually don't want Trey Young as a as a fan because they need to stop the chaos cycle on this team. Mm. Uh, it seems like the team is filled with good dudes, uh, a, a team of bros who just <laughs> want to try hard and you know be just like great humans. Um, and then there's the Ben Simmons thing, and and we didn't even talk about this, Bri, but Brian Lewis, New York Post again mentioning his name. Uh, says uh, he had like a story about Ben Simmons and a source familiar with the situation says there will be an assessment around the start of May. And if he feels exponentially worse or no improvement, sure, he could have surgery, essentially. That's what they said. But uh, every sign indicates that that won't be the case. So no, probably no surgery for Ben Simmons. And he's made really good improvement, says that source. Um, and he was there at, on the bench, bent over, like those chair, you know, they need to get him a lazy boy if his mm. back is really hurting so poor, like so badly. But, you know, he's there, he's around the team, he, he's engaged. Like, he's such a confusing guy to body language because he's engaged, he's talking to teammates, he seems into it, but yet he doesn't play basketball. And so I go back to what you just said. It's like the thing I'm holding on to for next year is that he, this season was a season from hell. For him trying to come back to play basketball, come back from injury, had back surgery, knee issues, all the things were like compounding on top of him. Mm -hmm. And that next year, without the KD Kyrie spotlight, things will feel like, God, if there's an article mid-December from Dan Devine or Michael Pena at The Ringer, and it says something like, is Ben Simmons – Having a comeback, if that happens, then the world is our oyster as Nets fans. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to happen, but um, that's what that's my dream. That's yeah, dream. I, I just want to keep the team together. That's what. But, yeah. uh, but then, then you four, also want to trade everyone for Trey Young. So all right, we'll we'll come back to that. Game four. Do you think they should start Cam Thomas? <laughs> um, just for fun, like what's you know? I mean, those Cam Thomas minutes were they weren't. There was a moment there where it was like, okay, could be could be one of those special games. Um, and JV really threw Nets Twitter a bone by by putting Cam in early as he did. Um, that was for I think he was that was a direct like call out for for Nets Twitter. Um, yep. No, I don't think. I mean, I think I think we'll see a similar amount of Cam Thomas, but I thought we'd see no Cam Thomas in Game Three, and and there he was. Um, 
So who knows? Who really knows anymore? I mean, this is, I mean, let's call it what it is. This is going to be, we're going to get, get swept out of the playoffs here, Mike. This is what's going to happen. <laughs> I know nobody wants to hear that, but <laughs> it's time I, to Mike, face facts here. The glimmer of hope is that maybe they'll just suspend Joel Embiid for one game because he really should have been thrown I, out I don't of even the want game. to win like that. Like, I'd prefer to get the win over. I if know. we're going to get the one win, get it while he's on the on the court, you know? It's not going to feel real otherwise. It's just going to prolong the inevitable. Do, do you think that... um. Harden, how much of was of an impact was it that Harden wasn't on the floor? For the Zero, because like, it's, it's Maxi who's really the yeah Maxi. Yeah. Now Maxi is uh, part of what helps Maxi to operate is the fact that Harden's out there. But Maxi, I'm just so goddamn impressed by. Like he he plays with such like energy and confidence, and it just seems like if the it's open shot for him, he's just gonna nail it. Um, like he's he, so yeah. Like if you yeah, to- if you had told me that like hey here's your options you can have both Claxton and Harden come out of the game uh, keep Embiid like would you do that I was like I'd be just say no on its face like Claxton is more important <laughs> like it's crazy to say Claxton is more important to our team than Harden is to their team at this point yeah Claxton is really and that was his that was his game that was his really good he, like he, there were a bit there would have been possessions with him at the end of the game where you know he could have gotten the ball and done something with it or also Embiid had five fouls with like eight minutes left or something yeah whatever it was and now not that Claxton's gonna like you know force Embiid to foul him but it would have made it harder for Embiid yeah you know and and so that was the other factor was that the that Embiid had the there was an opportunity for Embiid to get knocked out of the game and it didn't happen. Yeah. So. I, can, I can think of like three non-calls on Embiid that were obvious non-calls throughout the game. Like just the, the Claxton foul that didn't happen that led to the nut kick. Like Royce O'Neal getting <laughs> chucked into the first row, like chasing a, a yes. loose ball. Oh my <laughs> like, God. That's <laughs> so insane. Yeah. He he just got completely washed out by Embiid. And it's like, there, there's times when that happens in basketball games when they call the tickiest tack things. But then like a guy just gets bulldozed and they're like. Eh, well, yeah, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> Loose ball, man. It's crazy out there. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, it, and also, I mean, honestly, Embiid should have gotten a foul called against him for flopping when he got uh, pushed over by Royce O'Neal. Yeah. When Royce. By Royce's mm-hmm. tummy. His static tummy. <laughs> Te- the Teletubby of basketball, <laughs> yeah. Royce O'Neal. Um, so your prediction is the Nets are going to win the next four games. Is Huge that right? comeback. Lightning and bottle, baby. Been saying it all along. Nets and seven. Can I tell you one thing that's giving me a glimmer of um, sort of like self-pride about the series? Pride in yourself? Yeah, in myself. Is that I was about as hot as anyone on Paul Reed coming out of the draft. Mm. And and the God the Nets could use. A, if the Nets had a Paul Reed on the roster, they'd win a championship. I don't know. I think this is the first time I've ever heard you say the word Paul Reed. The words. Oh, my God. Reed. I don't think I've ever heard you talk about him. So that's I, news to me. Do you want to know the only reason why I, I mean, I know that I was on Paul Reed and the reason why was because, you know, I scout, there's a couple of ways I scout. You have your methods. I have my methods. Your methods are hips. It's YouTube. Yeah. Oh, and YouTube, but more, more really hips, like right. Thick hips, big thighs. That's kind of like, it's just a body thing. It it doesn't have to be, you know, but I just, I got to see the body. Yeah. What would be the, what are the most important parts of the body for a basketball player? So, I mean, there's a whole, I, I like uh, body language, fluidity of, of movement, oh, things sure. like that. Yep. I, I, I pay close attention to. And how big their butt is. It's also huge. Like that's, a, I mean, it's, I like it. You know, I need a 90 degree like armrest. Angle. That's really, I'm looking for a shelf is what I'm looking for. If I can't do the, <laughs> do the, the, the barbed horse, that was something to see. Yeah. Um, 
Mine is there's two things. One, I I obviously have the theory that uh, bald basketball players are better. Think of Jordan. Think of LeBron should be bald. Kareem ended up bald. Kobe bald. Just it's it's Von Carter bald. Shaquille (laughs) Von Carter. Shaquille O'Neal. Alex Caruso. Yeah. Um. So those that's one theory. The other one is I just look at blocks and steals. And Paul Reed coming out of DePaul had like six combined blocks and steals a game. And that that's all. I, I'd never watched him play basketball. But for my analytic model, that's all I need to see. And look at him now, Bri. God, if the Nets had him. Um, Sorry, who? Who are you talking about? Paul Reed. Paul Reed. Right. Right. Yeah, he's good. Right. He is good. He's winning. He's doing winning things. Um, yeah, I think we're a little deflated. We were a little deflated. That's okay. It's yeah. it's one of those one of those types of episodes. It's I'm deflated of- like a Chinese spy balloon flying <laughs> over the America, baby. Nice. <laughs> Do people still care about that? <laughs> we're, we're like we're like ah. yeah, freaking out. Okay, uh, check us out on Twitter at com. Brian, you know, game. Are you going to do the the dirty stream for game four? Yeah, of course. Everyone should get in there. There, you had a lot of people in last night. Yeah, it's a party in there. Um, check us out on Twitter. You got to go to Discord, guys. Discord.gg slash good guys to understand any of what we just said. And then, and if you and if you don't, you're missing out. Yeah, I mean, we really the way we like to operate with our fans. It's a it's a game of Zelda. Yeah. You know, there's multiple levels to really accomplish what you want to accomplish. Right. What you're seeing you with know. the podcast here is you're in the, you're in the Deku tree. Okay, you're not even <laughs> you're, you're early. This is just the tip of the iceberg. It was deep. Uh, thanks for the having me on your show today, Brian. Yep. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.